0: This is Truth Talks.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. We are back and better than ever, only because of Christ.
0: Amen. (laughs) I don't know.
1: Send me a slogan, a slogan for the Truth Talks podcast. Uh, We already have... uh, uh, delighting in the word While walking in the truth We yeah. have that uh, You can hear that At the very end of the podcast That's, that's, right. my, that's my wife actually saying that's that it. So uh, yeah Thank you all for tuning in If you have not subscribed Please hit that subscribe button Also our sermons uh, podcast which is, which is the Belcroft Bible Church uh, sermons, podcasts, and, or the word and truth podcast, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in with me today. I have our, uh, uh, our pastor here and I was going to call you Reverend, but, uh, uh that's yeah. the wrong church for that. huh? Yeah, don't go there.
0: <laughs> Nothing revered.
1: <laughs> uh, his name is pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, buddy. Where'd that come from? Reverend? Like who thought that it should be, the word should be reverend as a title?
0: Yeah, there's, well that's a podcast for another day. There's a lot to be said about that and the yeah, yeah, the, min, the 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 mission, the position, the task is definitely revered, yeah. right? And the Bible talks about that honoring those who uh you know preach the word and all of that and that there, there's a there's a truth to that, but it has nothing to do with the man per se. It yeah. has everything to do with the message. Yeah. So I, yeah, I I I'm not a big fan of that so I, yeah. I run from that good you
1: should run from that because yeah. I'm never gonna I, I have a friend uh who's a pastor and uh in some translations it just uses the word bishop yeah and uh yeah. I, I, I call him bishop sometimes and he yeah. hates that yeah <laughs> it's like don't call me bishop just I
0: think we would be better serve and you know bishop is a biblical term by way of the Greek right mm-hmm. um but I think we'd be better served with just the term slave <laughs> yeah honestly it is. yeah it, it's we are, yeah. we're slaves of christ so so I'm, I'm a chief slave
1: well good good well <laughs> here, here's the thing if there is such a thing here's here's the question though because if if i look at a few churches i don't we haven't even talked about what we're going to talk about today but yeah. who cares so it's always a surprise to me anyway it, yeah i'm surprised <laughs> to me too so I, I i have kind of like a an idea but you know it, it comes so it, here's the thing so Explain to me this, because there are even in our area there are churches that their pastors are they, they call themselves bishop, yeah, bishop so and so, bishop this, bishop that. Yeah, here's the thing, women too. Here's yeah. the thing, uh, they look at it as because of the fact that you know, let's say you know you you know you well, let's not let's say that, but you're the Bel- pastor of Belcroft Bible Church. Mm-hmm. There's another church that's called you know uh, Tree Street Bible Church yeah. and their pastor looks up to you and respects you as their pastor or a guy that they will look up to. Mm-hmm. So in reality, they will look at you as Bishop. Yeah. And in a lot of those other churches, you know, that I've seen with my own eyes, not just like hearsay, uh, you are, they would be, they would, they consider their pastors Bishop and they call them Bishop whomever because sure. of the fact that they have other churches that they're
0: pastoring. Sure. Sure. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, some of that's just cultural. Okay. Honestly, some of it's just cultural, and that's that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm okay. not gonna explode anybody's, uh, you know, historical cultural uh, understanding of some of that. But some of that's, and there, you know, the word bishop, by way of the Greek terminology, the three terms used for church leaders, by way of elders, is uh, episkopos, uh, presbyteros, and poimen. Those are the three Greek terms used mm-hmm. in Scripture. Uh, poymen being shepherd, and uh, you know the episcopy. That's where we get you know the Presbyterian, you know, and the Episcopalian kind mm-hmm. of structure. And so some of that terminology with bishop is is handed down um, through church structure, mm-hmm. right? And so you have different. They take that and kind of develop a whole uh, episcopus by way of the episcopy by way of the structure of the church, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where the episcopalian structure and some of that uh, presbyterian structure comes from but we, we wouldn't i wouldn't take that at all from that i would take in those terms it's speaking of three different terms synonymously for the for the office and ministry of pastor elder uh, um, and bishop is a it's a it's a biblical term mm-hmm. but it carries with it a lot, a lot of baggage culturally right. because so many people have used it to mean something that the scripture never did does right right and so but, and that's, but yeah, some, that's where i was going yeah and but some people don't some people are using it as a term of respect mm-hmm. right because it's an older man who you know like you said in, in depending on the, sh- the church denomination or structure he may have multiple churches that he's he's trying to shepherd and and so it's a term of respect to show that I, i'm fine with that i don't have a yeah. problem with that well um, i just have problem when it's when it's used flippantly mm-hmm. and whimsically mm-hmm. for something that the Bible never does. And that's, it's often right. used that way in a denomination or different, uh, different churches. And yeah.
1: yeah, I've never seen it the way you just described it. Like, yeah, I've never, I've never, I never knew that there were different types, you know, uh, of, you know, that actual word. Now here's the other side to it. Yeah. What I've seen, and this has been a very like straightforward point that, a lot of other churches would use. Uh, it really actually comes from kind of like uh, it really comes from the Roman Catholic uh, sure. idea of a bishop and, you know, yeah, a pontiff a hierarchy, a, a hierarchy. Yeah. Church uh, structure.
0: Right. Church. Um, yeah. A, ch- a church uh, governmental. It's called church polity. Mm-hmm. Right. And how they structure their leadership. And uh, yeah. And I wouldn't follow any of that. So that's the way they take the three terms, that there are three different levels Three different levels within the leadership structure, mm-hmm. right, and that's where the whole Presbyterian and the Episcopalian and many within different denominational structures build that. Even even Methodists, right, and, and many Baptists would see the elder as the pastor and the deacon as his kind of uh, lay lay helpers. Mm-hmm. And so there's only one elder in the church. That's the pastor, and then all the other leaders that kind of come under the pastor to help him is the are the deacons. That's a Baptistic church polity structure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take that. Again, um, Again, the Presbyterian is a different model that has, you know, you have a pastor in a local church, and then you might have a bishop who's over a couple churches, and then you have an, a ruling elder who's over a number of churches. Again, you have this hierarchy of leadership structures all based upon, really, those three different terms. But I believe the study of Scripture, I believe, is really clear that those three terms are used synonymously and you can see it in mm-hmm. scripture like mm-hmm. you take 1 Peter chapter 5 where Paul or excuse me where Peter calls himself a fellow elder right mm-hmm. and uh, uh, lays it out presbyteros and then he turns around and uses the same term for pastor shepherd right in the same passage where he talks about he's a fellow elder who shepherds the flock and speaking of the other elders who are called to shepherd the flock And so oftentimes those three terms are used within the same passage, within the same verse, Hmm. which shows, again, a synonymous nature to them. Um, Poimen being the term that's used the least. It's interesting. We use it the most. We say pastor a lot. It's only used like two or three times in all of uh, the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a biblical term, and it speaks very clearly of the pastor's uh, job, shepherd, Mm -hmm. right? And then elder um, is a really helpful term because it speaks of the pastor 's authority and no excuse me, he speaks of his authenticity mm-hmm. right so an elder is one generally who was an older man, not necessarily in age but by way of maturity, mm-hmm. so that term literally speaks of an authenticity. he comes with an authenticity which he 's a qualified man mm-hmm. as as an older man, mature man should be, and then the term you know uh which would carry that idea of bishop carries with it the idea of authority right Mm -hmm. he's the overseer Mm -hmm. that's what that's uh, that's how it's often translated it's not often translated bishop it's often translated overseer Mm -hmm. that speaks of his authority because that's his role to oversee Mm -hmm. so yeah there's a we weren't planning on talking about that but there you go yeah and there's more that can be said about that and you go to the word and truth or the uh yeah word and truth podcast and follow up those sermons on elders and i explain all that.
1: Well, here's the other side to it. The other side to it is that this is actually right in line with what we're talking about. Because this talks about basically the structure of the church, how the church is supposed to run not compromising. The uncompromising church is the church that does not compromise. So it's actually kind of on the same yeah, yeah. same
0: vein yeah because you can definitely compromise in church leadership structure yeah yeah on, on multiple levels but yeah. yeah but some people use that term as a term of respect and endearment mm-hmm. and of course I, I I'm all for that mm-hmm. and if that's your culture and that's that church I'm yeah I, I have no problem with that mm-hmm. um because I do believe uh, there is a respect for leadership we're commanded to respect them honor them commanded to follow and obey them and so if that's how their church, does that You know That's fine mm-hmm. That's fine
1: Good good Well uh, we're, we're back to what I was doing In the last podcast uh, Where I'm going to play A few clips By now you know who it is That I'm going to play a clip of So that's Scary. not going to be a surprise There we go But, uh, but yeah I, And and this time I'm not having The same uh, technical difficulties As I had the last time So it's going to sound a lot better And you'll be able to hear it So uh, Here we go I'm going to play I'll, this I don't think it'll sound better though <laughs> It'll sound better, trust me. Here we go.
0: It is commonplace in the church today to replace the pure and passionate gospel-saturated evangelism with social justice, political reform, and community activism. It is commonplace today in the church that living with a theological passion for holiness has been replaced by a life Marked by therapeutic moralism.
1: Mm. What is therapeutic
0: moralism? Yeah, so this is a this is actually a huge issue that most people, sadly, aren't conversant with enough. But it is uh, almost uh, it's endemic across our society, especially in churches. Uh, therapeutic moralistic deism is a uh, a real issue, and what that means is people are are embracing a form of moralism good deeds that's mm-hmm. moralism where you're 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 seeking to achieve good things mm-hmm. right and uh, you're seeking to live morally in a good way um, based upon the fact that here you go because it's therapeutic it makes you feel good. Mm. So you do what you do because it makes you feel good not because it is good right not because it's right but because it makes you feel right. Mm-hmm. OK, that's excuse me, that's therapeutic moralism. So, you know, this is a huge issue in the millennial uh, um, camp and in with our children, with our uh, young adults, mm-hmm. where they've embraced a system of of religion. It's its own religion now. So then you, you, you put it all together and it's 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 uh, therapeutic moralistic deism, meaning they do what they do because of how it makes them feel. So they're trying to live a certain life. They define what is moral and immoral, but they do, they're doing it based upon what, how it makes them feel. And then ultimately that becomes their God and their God is about that. It's all about how God then becomes this, this uh, impersonal being that's about them. You said
1: something I want to just kind of make sure that everybody heard. You said that their morals they they determine yeah you know what makes them feel good yeah what makes them feel bad yeah
0: so and and that and and here's the other thing about that is in therapeutic moralism it's, it's not necessarily an absolute line of moralism. Like the Bible lays out an absolute line of truth. Truth is absolute in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. It's either right or it's wrong, mm-hmm. okay? And the absolute truth is God's law. It's always true no matter what culture you go to, no matter what time you're in, no matter where you are, no matter who you are. Everyone gets the same law. It's the law of God. It's the character of God. That's what we're held to. It doesn't change. It's absolute today, there is no absolute truth, right? It's whatever's true for you is true for you, but it may not be true for me. And so this therapeutic moralism says, well, this is what's true for me and it makes me feel good to do it, but it may not be true for you. So don't worry about it. You Mm -hmm. just got to figure that out for yourself. And that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. You know, in that sense, absolute truth is dead by way of the world because no one can handle, uh, no one can uh, uh, hold anybody to any standard because that would be, politically incorrect. And that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then God is all about subjectivity, not objectivity. So yeah, absolutely. And that's, so we've, we've walked away from pursuing a holiness. I think this is what I was referencing probably in the, in the clip you played, we've walked away from a holiness, which God has established in his word by his character and demanded of us demanded of all his creation. We've walked away from pursuing that holiness to now pursuing our own form of holiness based upon how we feel it's everything's about therapy it's all about therapeutics how does it make me feel and so i do this because it feels right not because it is right that's interesting uh that's compromise yeah it, it is uh and so now we have a god of our own making who's all about what making me feel good hmm. wow and so that's our world Hmm. And so we're worshiping an idol because we're not worshiping the God of the Bible Mm -hmm. who cares more about our holiness than he does our happiness because our holiness will lead to joy, which is greater than happiness. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, but we're not about that because we don't want anybody to tell us what to do. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast.
1: Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. I want to get back to this real quick with the the (coughs) remaining time because you, you this was basically it was a 40 minute and six second sermon. And the introduction was probably about 38 minutes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and was probably uh, you actually, was that the first sermon in the series? It was. Yeah, I believe so. 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 And, usually and when I preach a sermon series, the first sermon is the introduction to the series. Which is usually the whole sermon. Right. Right. So,
1: so yeah, l- let's get back to that. Press play, buddy.
0: The church today is a place Excuse me, the church was designed to be a place to strengthen and send out sheep saved by God's grace. However, it is commonplace today where the church is nothing more than a spiritual gathering for the purpose of enticing and entertaining goats, that is, the unsaved.
1: Um... I think that there are a lot of pastors in this area that find that offensive. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Um, the idea of church that they have established, well, the, the idea that they've established in their church of how church is supposed to go yeah. uh, basically goes along the lines of, mm-hmm. you know, there are people that are here that would love to, well, there are people out in the world that would love to come to church, but they feel as if, um, you know, church isn't interesting. Yeah, uh, that there's something that they need to do to make church interesting. Yep. So uh, I remember seeing a church in Florida. Mm-hmm. They had uh, a couple of different Sundays. One Sunday they had uh, like bikers on the stage, yep. they Had a bunch of bikes, they had some cars. Um, they had Harry Potter church, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Potter Sunday. They had Game of Thrones Sunday. Yep. Um, so
0: there are a number of churches in our area that do that. Regularly. OK, OK. That yeah. one. Not that long ago, one of our actually it's probably is the largest church in our area that brought in a bunch of motocross guys and we're doing motorcycles up on the stage and hmm. doing jumps out in the parking lot and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's to, yeah. doing free tattoos and yeah it's, wow yeah it's well,
1: but I did, I, you should have... I, I wanted to go to yeah the, I don't think they were too. real but oh, I think really? it was
0: like the fake thing but oh, some yeah. sort of tattoo about God or something I don't know oh, but yeah I yeah. Don't want a fake tattoo <laughs> anyway.
1: Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so that's their whole premise. Their whole premise on Sunday morning yeah. is not to, you know, is, is yes, they, there's preaching. But their sermon is, you know, probably about 20 minutes. Uh, sure. The rest of the service is definitely about getting and making sure that the idea of God loving them yeah. is very prominent. Yeah. That the reason why you're here is because God loves you. And we as a church need to make sure that you know that that's kind of like what their premise is. And that's why I said, if you say something like what you just said, that would be offensive because, yeah, you you're supposed to leave church, which is what they would say. Not what I would say. You're supposed to leave church feeling better than when you got there. I mean, you're supposed to feel better about church, you know, uh, once you once once you leave. So, well,
0: well, again, that, You're
1: smiling. That, it's well, like, a, like a half smile. Well, it's just, it's, it scares me just slightly.
0: Well, it, <laughs> I never want to upset anybody, but sadly, truth often does, and that's just reality. But mm-hmm. um, the Bible is clear, and there's, there is no ambiguity about this. The Bible is clear that the church's purpose in evangelism happens primarily outside of its walls, not inside. Mm-hmm. That the church is for believers first and foremost. The church, and this is a this is a massive point of compromise today, that the church was never designed to be an attraction for non-believers. Mm-hmm. And here is what's interesting, and this is a this is a holistic biblical um, theological understanding. Mm-hmm. So the evangelism of Israel was come and see. So Israel was a nation planted in a specific land at a specific time with God dwelling in their midst for the purpose of all the nations being attracted to Israel by how they lived, dressed, worshipped, acted. Everything was different. So the whole point was the nations would come. And we can even see this. Um, it, didn't, it, it didn't find its completion. It will eventually when the Lord returns. But you even see this with like uh, the Queen of Sheba when she comes and visit Solomon, Mm -hmm. and you can see that starting to actually happen, where Israel was finally fulfilling their calling to be a light to the nations, and Mm -hmm. so their their gospel testimony was, come and see. The New Testament church is totally opposite. Hmm. Go and tell. Hmm. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. So the Great Commission is what? Therefore, all authority has been given to me, Mm -hmm. therefore, I give it to you now to go to the utter reaches of the world and tell them the gospel go and tell that's massive difference and so many in the church today have this mindset that we're to be the light and attract people in that's why again i don't i don't know anybody's heart so i'm not judging anybody's motives i'm not saying they're they're you know uh, out to you know, build their own kingdoms in that sense, mm-hmm. even though in, in, in actuality, that's what's happening, mm-hmm. but they may not even be trying. They may have a pure motive of trying to evangelize. And, and, uh, I get that, mm-hmm. but that's not the biblical model. That's not what God said. The, God says very clearly that the church is for primarily for the believer. Ephesians four is crystal clear Four verse starting in verse 11, right? He gives gifts to the church, ultimately pastor teachers for what? The equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry, Mm -hmm. right? And that work of the ministry is so that they will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And that work of ministry is what? Taking the gospel out Mm -hmm. into the communities as they go out into their jobs, into their homes, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so it is massive. That's what we're here for. So the church should not, nor must it ever be designed around unbelievers, It must be designed around believers for the equipping of their souls so that we can enlist them into real gospel ministry. So church is about taking those whom God has saved through biblical evangelism, and then we disciple them. That's Matthew 28, teaching them to observe all things that God has commanded by baptizing them and teaching them and discipling them, then equipping them, then enlisting them, and then sending them out. And that's the purpose of the church. Now, by by natural uh, attrition Right. People bring their lost loved ones. They bring their lost friends to church. That's great. Mm -hmm. And Paul even talked about that in the Corinthian church and why it was so distracting that they were so disorderly. Because Paul's saying, if an unbeliever comes into this place, you want things to be done decently in an order so that they walk in and say, God is in this place Mm -hmm. because this is different than anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, sadly, that's not happening. Right. They come into a place and they say, oh, yeah, this is just like my world. This is the same music I listen to. Everything's comfortable. Why would they ever say God's in this place, mm-hmm. right? And so you'll never reach the world if you're like the world. Mm-hmm. And for somehow, some reason, that has, that truth has been missed on the modern church. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, we're called to be holy, which means set apart. We're called to be peculiar in the right sense, different. We're different than the world. The Lord has called us out of the world by way of our standards, by way of our actions, by way of our... Uh, Decorum in the church. And so, yeah, but it all goes back to that theological reality that we have somehow went back to the calling of Israel in the modern church and made us an attractional ministry, which was never God's design. And that's why it doesn't work. It has already proven historically it doesn't work. Bill Hybels tried it. He was the father of the seeker sensitive movement and it's failed. And that's why we have so many people leaving the church now, because those were all the people by and large that came into the church through the Bill Hybels Willow Creek method. Right. Mm-hmm. They came into the church and guess what? They're done with it now. And that's why you, you hear in the news this mass exodus and numbers are dropping and all of that. They're not really dropping. It's just many of the unbelievers are leaving and that's reality. False converts. Yeah, false Mm -hmm. converts, unbelievers, people who are there for the entertainment, Mm -hmm. not there for the edification. Ephesians 4, you're Mm -hmm. there to be edified, you're there to grow, you're there to um, uh, grow in the truth, and uh, entertainment was never part of the church. Mm -hmm. It's not about us, it's about his mission, and it's about his work in our lives and us growing that we might follow him, so Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Well, we got about 40 seconds left you hear the rolling thunder outside yeah it's good uh, let's do the gospel go for it well i'll point it to you all
0: right sorry uh, the gospel is all about god's uh, holiness and, and his grace and love right god is a holy god he's the creator of all that is including every single human being he created them for the purpose of worshiping him But problem is man has loved and desired to worship himself, Mm -hmm. and that's called sin. And we have all sinned and therefore been separated from God. But God provides a way, the way through his son to be reconciled, to be brought back, to have our sin and our penalty dealt with in Christ. And that's what Christ came to earth to deal with, our sin. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. And the gospel is recognize our sin, repent of our sins, and trust in the risen Lord, and our sins will be forgiven and we'll have a right relationship with God.
1: Thanks for tuning into the Truth Talks podcast. Hope you like it. Please subscribe. Take care.
0: Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Belcroft Bible Truth.